2020. What a year. This is a very special episode of Slim Radio News, where we're going to be reviewing all the highs and all the many, many lows of this most horrible of years. My name is Noel Moore and I am absolutely privileged to be joined today by the two hosts, two of the three hosts of the Dutch version of this podcast, Arthur and Arthur. Audrey. Yes. Hello. 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 Do you prefer Arthur? Uh, my mother can name me Arthur, so it can be Arturo, Arthur, Ar- Arthur, Tuyer. It can be a lot of different. I prefer Arturo. Arturo. Arturo is very good. Arturito. Do you have any kind of uh, Italian Spanish heritage to justify Arturo? Uh, my mother is uh, is Italian. Well, so fuck, I that's can... plenty for me, man. Arturo <laughs> is. Um, well. Thanks, guys, for having me. I feel like I've entered your Dutch-speaking world, and I yeah. really appreciate that you're going to do this in English with me. Well, I thought you learned Dutch especially for this. Yeah. I, uh, danke wel. Say something. Um, very good. I should believe. I should believe. I was walking my dog yesterday, mm-hmm. and um, a very nice old Dutch lady stopped and said, in Dutch, is, is she a puppy? Said, I think it was, jongen hund? Oh, yeah. It's a young auntie, yeah. Yeah. You just sounded auntie. German, but it's close enough. Okay, thank you. And, <laughs> and I understood. I understood and I was really? able to reply. Amazing. Yeah, it was really good. That you're, felt you're, like you're a very milestone. Proud of you. You're making progress. Yeah. Um, guess who hasn't been making any progress this year? <sighs> the entire world. <laughs> Backwards. Uh, it's been very backwards. So what we're going to do this podcast is we're going to look back. I know that this is probably a year that we and everyone else wants to forget, but we shouldn't forget it. No. There's a lot that's happened that we need to keep in mind because there's a lot we can do in 2021 based off of sure. all the madness of 2020. So let's have a quick look back at some of the biggest events of the year. And I feel so sorry for people having to study this in a few years. I know. This year. Know. It's oh going to be God. interesting, isn't it? It's going to be a separate course, 2020. 2020. <laughs> it's definitely the biggest year in our young lives, I think. For sure. Um, I mean, in my life it is, but I mean, you are like, how old were you when when, when 9-11 happened? Yeah, I but was 52. The thing about, I was 52 when 9-11 happened. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you couldn't hear it. I don't feel like my voice sounds no, like someone you, who's... You're so young. How like, would that make me now? 71, maybe? Um thing about 9-11 was, and this is, listeners, is certainly not to denigrate 9-11 or suggest mm-hmm. that it wasn't a huge event, because mm-hmm. arguably it completely changed the world in many ways. But I was 11 and it was one day, you right. know, whereas this year has been full of yeah. madness. Yeah. Did you know it was the wedding day of my parents? Was Nin- it? 9-11? 9-11 yeah. was the wedding day of... That's oh. probably why marriage didn't last very long. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> it's sort of a bad omen, isn't it? Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. Um, but let's let's come back to the future yeah. in 2020. Back to the future. The biggest events of the year. Uh, the biggest events. Someone kick us off. Well, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I want to go, Arthur. You can, you can go. You can start. Well, you were just talking about no progress, but I think that there was a little bit of progress in the Black Lives Matter protest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This year I read a book. It's called, um, you've probably heard of it, Why I No Longer Talk to White People About Racism. Yeah. And it opened my eyes. I did not know. And I knew there was institutionalized racism, but I knew it as a term. And I was like, yeah, it's probably there. But this book talks about how it's still in in countries. They mostly focused on Britain, but definitely still in Holland as well. Mm -hmm. And about how people live their entire life differently because they're black. And in a way that we could never understand. Because Altria was talking right now, right? Um, 
And I thought it was super interesting to have this actual clear view of history and how it's still related to um, the present and um, things like getting a job and stuff like that. And I don't think I would have bought the book if Black Lives Matter wasn't such a big thing this year. Right. Yeah, I agree. And it's uh, particularly interesting because, I mean, and it's probably worth stating as well that we're all white. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that's good to, stay, to, yeah. to an extent, we're always going to be outsiders yeah. and we can never understand the lived experience of a black person or any person of color who's mm-hmm. who's grown up in the systems that we find easier than they do that because of our skin color. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great way of putting it that were made for us. But it's interesting that, you know, the killing of, of George Floyd, that murder was American and it was American mm-hmm. in a way mm-hmm. that a lot of brutal, high profile police killings of especially young black men yep. have been uh, in America. But something about this didn't just trigger a reaction in America, but all around the world. I yeah. mean, people protesting on the streets, not just obviously, you know, I don't think that the people on the streets or in Dam Square here in Amsterdam were protesting because they wanted american police reform yeah they were protesting because it was a sudden violent reminder that their lives like the lives of black people in other western countries are different Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think in in a fucked up way george floyd's that created a momentum for an important issue like this yeah and i'm not sure why because it definitely wasn't the first murder by police but it Mm. did create something that it sparked something. I think I know why, because uh, I saw it on the day that it happened, actually. It, I mean, I was very early. Normally, I'm just two weeks later, as I see it. But right. this time I saw it, I mean, I was like, this is not good. Because it was filmed. Yeah, it and horrible. it's like, uh, normally, uh, in, in a lot of these videos, the guy does something which triggers the police, mm-hmm. although it's a, it's a minimum thing. In this video, it really... George Floyd really didn't do anything. Yeah. And uh, in to, to, to this day, even although... I may not have uh, all the most mainstream ideas about the whole Black Lives Matter movement. I think his death is, it's so horrible. And I'm so happy the police officers got put in, he got put in prison, right? Like all the police officers. I'm not actually sure if the trial has happened yet. I think they were. I mean, mean, at least they're being uh, set on trial. That's very important because he was like, he was laying on the floor and uh, saying, I can breathe and... Uh, these these are like things you just put in your in your in your head and just they yeah. don't get out and that's why a lot of people was like wow this is the, mo- the moment right now yeah. cuz it was a particularly i mean being someone who follows the the news very closely this is, certainly wasn't the first video that i've seen of the police uh either brutalizing or killing a black person the american police killing a black person captured on film but there was something particularly brutal Mm -hmm. about the length and about the very human universal cries for his mother and for mercy yeah that we can this is not a video you ever forget no and what struck me was the lack of empathy uh, of the police officer yeah which was that was i mean george floyd of course while he was dying was horrible but i was just focusing on the police officer why he didn't do anything yeah. He didn't move his knee, didn't do anything. It didn't mm-hmm. even look like he, he, he was worried. And that's just, it's really, that's something I I cannot think I, I will I will ever experience because the empathy is always there. And even if I have counter arguments, they're still like, we're all people. But, you know, mm-hmm. I think you've just put your finger on it because there is something about that juxtaposition between the police officer who represents the state. 
the mm-hmm. system, yeah. you know, the government, and that complete indifference to the death of yeah. someone beneath his knee is in a way a really eloquent summary of the entire system in america it's a wake and up to reminder. a lesser degree yeah. elsewhere in the Sorry, world I just interrupted you. no it's all right <laughs> it's like a wake-up reminder that people in such places of authority still have political views if you mm-hmm. could even call this a political view that interfere with their work and mm-hmm. i feel like For me, I kind of still had the police as a protecting unit that tries to do their best. And um, I I guess I knew they were racist and they were, um, you know, racial profiling, stuff like that. But I didn't think they would actually do it this um, direct, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, I always it thought it was a bit of an indirect thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think this was a wake-up reminder, at least for in the US, that it's not like that. Yeah. But I, I think that's... I think I know why that, that that's your view, and that's also was also my view before I saw the video, because uh, of course the whole, the whole protest happened here in Amsterdam as well, and uh, I think it should because people people need to protest. But uh, still, the police system is very different here than than in America. Uh, there's still racial profiling. There's still racism even in the police, and it's still like it, I think, in my own opinion, it has a lot to do with power. Mm-hmm. When you give people power, something happens uh, in their brain and uh, especially if these people are not that well educated or uh, are, are, I mean don't have a lot of different views let's just let's just call, call it that like education if you if you if you talk to them and if you say you know these are the facts then uh, I think a lot of people would have the same opinion mm-hmm. but because these police police officers don't they can still be very racist be very uh, you know uh, call, call a lot of 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 bad words to 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 call people of black color, uh, people of pe- people of black color. Yeah, sorry, yeah. people of color. I mean, I said it once, and people said like you cannot say that anymore. It's different in Dutch than English. Okay. I think that's what you're. People of color. So uh, I don't know, but the police in America, it's 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 a very different story. The the it's there's. I think it traces back to their training and education mm-hmm, yeah. because I think they've actually done research about this. Um, and in the U.S., the training is not as... Um well, I mean, you basically... There is... I read a story about a New York police officer who was turned away from the New York... Or applied yeah, and was too. turned away because his IQ was too high. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea being that he would just get bored doing the job. Yeah, uh, but also... Um, I read a story about that there were several police officers who quit their job because of... Mm-hmm. Um, certain demands they got like um they would have a slow day not not really much going on and they'd be sent to black neighborhoods and be like you know just search people do do something like that yeah keep the numbers up that small things but stuff like that they were like um they quit their job and then i think during the whole black Lives matter movement they actually spoke out about it and i don't have Mm. names or numbers or anything so it's not a great story but i read about that I, i remember being really shocked because especially i don't know if you've seen the Netflix movie or documentary that's called Now You See Us? No, I haven't. It was about was the 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 in the New York City, right? Yeah. In the in the park, yeah. Yeah, for guys who were framed for the rape. Right. Uh, murder or just rape? Uh I think it was Only rape, rape. Right? I think it was rape. And were of these the woman. guys that, that Donald Trump uh published an advert in a major newspaper calling for the death penalty for them? I don't think I hope I haven't completely I don't think they are because it happened a long time ago. It happened yeah. like 16 years ago. Yeah. They are all like 50, 60 right now. 
And there yeah, was but I think this was this was them. when Donald Trump was just a, a rich businessman in New York. Oh, uh-huh. okay. And he was he was uh, racist even back then. I'm sorry to I, say. I think he's I think, always been a racist. I think I heard this. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I, oh, really? You're, that that? You're right. You're right. Yeah. Oh my god. I think he spoke out about it. But I think I think. Audrey, to pick up on what you said, there is clearly that issue around a lack of education uh-huh. and a certain a lack of training mm-hmm. in terms of we see uh, the itchiness of American police to pull out their gun at the slightest yeah. insult yeah. and they're always ready to use it. Mm-hmm. And that suggests bad training. But yeah. we also have to remember, and I think this is why, certainly speaking for America, if I can do that as a non-American, but it seemed to me that it really struck a nerve because it's much deeper than the individual police officer yeah. and whether they have had appropriate training, whether they are smart enough. I mean, there's a really good podcast series called Behind the Bastards mm-hmm. where uh, the team talk about baddies throughout history. And they did a really good like four or five part series on the American police. And that blew my mind because I hadn't realised how many literally today American police forces were founded as slave catching teams mm-hmm. in the in the American Deep South. That's, that's crazy. It's rooted in racism. Yeah. Well, also, th- have you ever um, looked into the interrogation techniques of the US police? Yeah, I've heard that's about it. That's like, because um, in that documentary, United States, they compared it, compared it to, we've had a few beers here, the British police. And the difference is like insane because what the British police do is get a story and then try to compare it to facts and ask again and again the same things, hoping that the story changes and in that way catching lies. What the American police does is they ask a story and then they steer someone towards the story they need. So for their paperwork to be filled, they need them to say, oh, no, I actually saw the woman and then change it into I touched the woman, change it into I raped the woman. Yes, it's. I mean, I listen to a podcast. It's called In the Dark, and the first season, it's all it's it's about it's about police and it's about murders and and, and stuff. But uh, the progress of the police, what they're doing to solve a murder, is very interesting. Uh, but uh, which it connects the second season connects to this what what already just uh, told us uh, that there was there was a black man and and uh, he was immediately seen seen as you know he did it mm-hmm. uh, by by the police because. Uh, in the, I don't know exactly the town you need to uh, listen to the podcast, but uh, it just really sh- showed, and because it's a real story, it just really showed that the police very quickly go to a certain narrative because they think it it is it's in their head it's the, it's the narrative which could only fit yeah the case. And that's that's a great example of systemic racism mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. having this presupposition of what happened yeah. before you know what happened just because one of the people involved or just one of the people who was nearby yeah. was black. And I think this is in our heads at like a super low level or a really high level in everyone's head. I think um, if a black person would tell me that they really love country music and hate rap music, mm-hmm. not going to lie, for a second I'd be surprised because yeah. you assume a, a black person to like hip hop. Do you but, know what I mean? And obviously I know that that's not how it works and that that's not real life. Mm-hmm. But I do think that this is like an example of how racism is in or not racism but stereotypes yeah. are in everyone's head that can be really hurtful. But there are I mean I I know you can you can never do this but from my own opinion uh, my own view it happened uh when I was in high school I was the only white guy which which were listening to hip hop mm. Dutch hip hop and everyone was everybody was looking like why the fuck are you listening to Dutch hip hop and uh it happens all the time. Uh, it just, and I know, I know, I'm, I'm maybe 
just to one example, but I know for a fact that it does not only happen to uh, to, to to black culture; it happens also to to Asian culture. And uh, I had a friend who had uh, who was is called so many times a Chinese Chinese guy, to, although he wasn't a Chinese. Uh, stereotypes are everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, but some stereotypes are more hurtful to. to than no, I agree. I think if you have a privilege in certain compartments, the stereotype is less hurtful. Mm-hmm. This is. I mean, we've already we've already gone a long way into this, and I think yeah. this is a really good sign of just how monumental the Black Lives Matter movement has mm-hmm. been this year. There is a lot of. I feel like there is a lot of people. There are a lot of people. Excuse my grammar. I'm meant to be a native English speaker. Because we're with Dutch people, you know. Maybe it yeah. happens. Coming down to a level. Um, <laughs> that's What's so that? rude because both of your English is exceptional, and I don't speak uh. any Dutch. So how dare I? Anyway. <laughs> Black Lives Matter, bloody hell. I don't think I've ever seen so many people who weren't interested in a topic, weren't thinking about a topic, who now suddenly are, and that can only be a good thing. Uh, mm, uh, I don't agree. I don't agree that that, that it can only be a a good thing that so many people are just suddenly uh, just reposting things on social media. That's Arthur, but that's not what I said. What I said was that there are a lot more people now who are thinking and talking yeah, about this yeah. who weren't before. Okay. Yeah. We could get into a debate about mm-hmm. whether or not social media activism is real activism or just performance to mm-hmm. get retweets. Mm-hmm. But we need to move on to our next subject. So back to 2020 and the big events of the year. Um, politics wise, I think we should probably talk about China and the thing, another thing that has been happening for a longer time, but really came to worldwide attention this year, which is the apparent persecution, imprisonment, indoctrination of the Uyghur population. And for people listening, being like, what the hell are Uyghurs? That's what we call Uyghurs. Yeah. Yes, there are. I think there are a couple of pronunciations. Yeah, and I'm we're probably all doing it wrong. Yeah, but, but maybe. You know. but you're doing it right. You have the first. Now you already right learned Dutch. He's not going to learn Chinese as well. No, 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 no. no. I, I have to learn Dutch first because I yeah. live here. Um, right. Then maybe we'll think about Chinese. I mean, this this is one of the more interesting subjects, I think. And I think what I found most interesting about it is the lack of reaction yes. from the rest of the world. Like institutions like United Nations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm really confused that... If like if you compare the numbers, I think um, a while back, like at least a month back, they exceeded the number of people killed. Um, than that was the co- the cause in the Holocaust. Great sentence, but you know. In in terms of the Uyghurs. I think so. Yeah, that was in the news for a bit, and I was like, okay, so there are more deaths. There are concentration camps. This is literally the same, but with a different religion. Yeah. Why I'm, is nothing I'm not happening? Sure, I'm not sure those numbers are quite stacked up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe so. We'll do, maybe we'll do a bit of fact-checking. Can we... Yes. Sure, I can fact-check it a little um, bit. But, yes, you're right. It's definitely in the hundreds of thousands, if not millions. What's interesting is that there is meant to be... There is meant to be a coalition of Muslim nations in the Middle East who have said that they will... Hang on, we're just... Interrupting here with We're a fact check from live. the New Statesman. <laughs> Someone just talked into his ear. This is a headline we'll from the New Statesman. China's Uyghur detention camps may be the largest mass incarceration since the Holocaust. Yeah. Mm. I don't think we're at... I mean, there were six million killed in the Holocaust. I don't believe that by any numbers that we have... It's either that or the people in the camps. I know this is like a big difference. But it says, it says the biggest since. Yeah. 
which is doesn't mean it's as big. No. I I hope I can find a number, but otherwise, yeah. let's um come back interrupt again if you do yeah. have the number. Mm-hmm. Nitpicking here because I think what's astonishing, and you say this, you know, there is such a high awareness in Europe about the Holocaust and around the rest of the world about the Holocaust and about the sheer scale of it and the the tragedy that that represents and how all of all of us are geared towards making sure the whole entire point of the European Union is to try to prevent something like that happening yeah. again. Mm-hmm. And yet here we have something similar happening right now in China. Mm-hmm. And where are the voices? There are there are some individuals we've seen prominent politicians. Mm-hmm. I think there have been Dutch, Danish in the UK. There are people talking out against this, but in terms of a, an official policy line from a government, the closest we've got is is uh, from America. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, I listened to a debate, and uh, the debate was mostly about about removing statues. But one one uh, of the speakers, David Olusoga, I'm butchering his name. I'm so sorry if he's lis- if, if he's listening to the podcast. Nile probably is, but uh, he talked he talked about this in a, in a broader sense. He talked about that, that we as as Westerners are so focused on what's happening in in America and what's happening in Europe that we that we mostly forget what is happening in in other uh, parts of the world uh, because we are so focused on on this on on our own lives. I think mm. on Western countries. Um, yeah, but it, n- not not really on Western countries because because we're also focused on on Turkey and and because all other countries that are just directly uh, uh, are are an, are an influence on on, on our on Have our countries yeah. and our on yeah. our societies. But if if the if if there are countries like Iran or which are a bit farther away, we, we get less interested. And he he uh, tied it to to like statues and. That we are just so forced on taking down statues which are based based in in our in the Western society. Although there are a lot of statues which are uh, somewhere else, and a lot of racism which is happening somewhere else, and uh, like in China, uh, and it almost never gets talked get talked about. And that's just very interesting. And this is actually about um, agenda setting. Mm-hmm. So in um, any news room, newsroom decisions are made um, that sets the agenda for the population. And this is a communication science theory, which I happen to be uh, Really? You, you studied that? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I didn't know. I didn't so know. basically what it states, the theory, is that um, people don't base their opinion off of the news, but they do base um, they do their opinion on what it's based, this is great English, mm-hmm. is based on the news. So the news sets your agenda, but not necessarily your opinion. Mm-hmm. And what then sets your opinion is the news you read and that that what frame they picked. But just basically your agenda is the news. And the yeah. news looks at, okay, what are people... Because in the end, news do want viewers for television and clicks mm-hmm. for websites. And they want their newspapers to be sold. So they think, okay, what's what's close to home? That's what gets first. And then if it's foreign countries, they have like three factors. If they're not in there, they don't want it. So either they have to have a correspondent in there or they have to have it linked to us in some way. So... Um, the postal thing between China and US, they could relate it to us because we also need posts. And you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So then we talk about it. Mm-hmm. But and, and is this why in the New Statesman article you just pulled up, they were careful in the headline to link it to the Holocaust probably. because that makes it more yeah. relevant and... 100%. Mm-hmm. In, yeah. Because okay. in the end, whether you like it or not, news is an entertainment and a money source sure. because no one is doing it for free except for us. So then what... <laughs> what, what, what <laughs> <indeed>. uh. <laughs> um 
But we're not doing it for free because we, we get a lot of joy for doing it. And we get beers. So and that's payment yeah. enough. And, well, they're actually cider, but it's that's it's arguably cider, even cider. better. It depends. Let's not go into that you debate. You can thank your sugar mama. But what's, what's interesting <laughs> is the lack of reaction in mm -hmm. other countries. I understand this argument and we can debate whether or not it's right or wrong that we as Europeans aren't paying more attention to affairs mm -hmm. in other continents and other parts mm -hmm. of the world. But what's been really interesting is the lack of response in governments yeah. in the Muslim world. Mm -hmm. And that's what frightened me, I think, when I started reading up about this. Because you have the likes of Saudi Arabia, of Pakistan, who have a history of speaking up for the rights of Muslims, not in their mm -hmm. own country, mm -hmm. as a kind of... Uh, you know, there is, a, there is a shared affinity rooted in that shared religion and, and the Uyghurs are Muslims. But the analysis suggests that the reason that you don't have any loud voices from Pakistan or from Saudi Arabia is because they need China. Yeah, yeah. China need, is very powerful. It's very powerful. They need China. Their economies are more and more becoming integrated with China. They rely on Chinese investment. And it seems to have become a case of money over morals. Yeah. And I also, what makes it easier, I think, I talked to a Muslim friend about this, is that there's really, there's there are big differences between types of Muslims. Like sure. how in, in Christians you have Protestants and Catholics, there's really big differences in Muslims as well. Yeah. And the Uyghurs are apparently a, a rather distinct group of, of what they believe. Mm -hmm. Right. So I guess that's something that would make it easier for a country like that to ignore them, which does not make it uh. good. Well, I do think mm -hmm. money is the main, re main reason. But I, I think Niall's point is, is, is uh, I, I totally agree with his point. Unfortunately, I, I agree because it's not good. Uh, but you, you can see it in, in other ways as well. Like when uh, we go to the next year, we're going, not, not next year, like 2022, we're going to the World Cup in Saudi Arabia. And uh, the Dutch the Dutch uh, football, football uh, in team... In Qatar. In, in Qatar. Oh, sorry, for Saudi Arabia. In Qatar, sorry. Uh, but a lot of bad things are happening in Qatar as well yeah. uh, around that, but also in the in the country itself. And we didn't sp speak up about it uh, because w w we we have those we, we have like friendly ties to all these countries, mm -hmm. and it's it, it, it's a bad thing. Like it's about how how the Mulan movie and how mm -hmm. Disney supported that movie, mm -hmm. brought it out, asked money for it even though they knew it was made with companies that were rather questionable and made in areas that were close to the I concentration think, I think there are, Yeah, I think in the credits for the Mulan yeah. movie, they thank uh, one of some government officials yeah. mm -hmm. in Xinjiang. Although yeah. I actually get why they thank them, because they filmed there. That's why they Yes, I know, them. but that's the point, Arthur, is that why Disney Plus... Mm -hmm. Disney Plus, sorry. Disney. That's, the, it's, that's it's, where you can find the film if yeah. you want to watch it. For $20, it's yeah. not worth it. No, I doubt no, it is. No, it's free now. I it's shouldn't tell now. you this. Don't, oh. don't watch it. Don't watch she it. Has don't like, she has like a lot of streaming channels uh, for free, yeah. right, Audrey? Yeah. This is not one of the more important stories of 2020, so I'm going to breeze <laughs> past it. Um, yes, the Uyghurs. Uh, the, the point was that what were Disney doing filming mm -hmm. in... and. Yeah basically doing business with uh, a group of officials who are running what the New Statesman calls the la the largest uh, complex of concentration camps since the mm -hmm. Holocaust. Yeah. And I think, uh, to your point earlier, the Uyghurs are Sunni um, Muslims, yeah. as are, I think, the ruling class in Saudi Arabia, um, 
Egypt, Turkey, there, really? you know, it's mm-hmm. if the Muslim world is broadly split between Sunni and Shia, and yeah. I don't know the There's proportions, more, but there sure. are. This, but is those are very, this is getting very complex. So. It is a very complex topic, Arturo. Yeah. Arturo, excuse me. <laughs> Arturo. Um, and that's that's why, because there are there are essentially what you would think if you were, if it was based on the strength of religious brotherhood and affinity yeah. and shared identity. There are other powerful Middle Eastern Sunni states who aren't speaking up. Interestingly, Malaysia is one of the few Muslim countries to have really vocally Mm -hmm. spoken out about this. And the supposition is that's because Malaysia is independently quite wealthy. So they they don't need China. They don't need China and they don't have to be. Yeah, it is badass. But it's also (laughs) really bad that, that that is why they spoke Hundred percent. It. It's like it's it's so it's so rotten. Or it's like I don't get why people are so like I know that China is so powerful, but as a country, you're independent, right? But then again, what are you going to do? Because if we if we well, if Western countries or Saudi Arabia were to interfere with that, like would we start a war or would we cut our market relationships? Just cut our ties. Cut our ties. Like everything that's probably made on this table is made in China. Yeah, I think I, Arthur, you're... I I think of it too simple, I know, but I think of it as as just, uh, you know, I I don't know the English word because I speak very good English, but sometimes I I, I don't know some words. But uh, I think... you as a country, even although uh, you you need to be aware of where, where your products are from and where your friends in in world, you also need to need to give out statements. And uh, if we don't agree with something which happening in in Qatar or happening in China, we as a country, although we have a lot of relationship with them, we need to say something about it because otherwise, uh, we're we're just being shushed by by another country. And I don't think that that's a good cause. And I know it's difficult because we're getting so many products from them, but I would be rather uh, off without China as a friend than with China as a friend while there are people being tortured in camps. Well, I think no leader wants to make that choice. Yeah, I mean, Arthur, I I personally agree with you Mm -hmm. entirely. But it is, I do agree with you. And I, I, I find it very, I don't intend to justify the silence of, for example, Western governments by saying, well, you know, we've got such deep economic ties with China that we we can't risk alienating them. It will mm-hmm. affect our economy. And we might, we'll come on to this in a second because essentially what you're proposing is Brexit. <laughs> um, it is, because if you hmm. think about, if you think <laughs> about, if you think about how deeply intertwined the UK is with the EU, that mm-hmm. goes a long way to explaining why Brexit so far has been an absolute shit show in trying to untangle that relationship. What you're proposing given that the world is so deeply intertwined thanks to the the globalization that has fueled the last 20 years of global economic growth we are now deeply in china's pocket and it is true yeah even more so the countries surrounding china in asia they are deeply intertwined yeah. and you that know, even leaves alone the amount of atomic weapons everyone has well there's that <laughs> there's too. just one yeah. crazy person and the whole world ha- is like gone. which is why we you know it, it's not the 1940s anymore china right. is bigger than germany ever was more powerful than germany ever was and we all rely on it more than we ever relied on germany it's so tough going to war isn't really an option it no. just isn't sadly and well i say sadly i'm not sure war is the answer to concentration yeah. camps mm-hmm. because both very bad, okay. but 
Can it's I, difficult to know how you get out of this. Until we move on to the subject you already mentioned very, yeah. very smoothly. Uh, can, can I ask you one question or both of you? Is there any way to solve this? Good question. No idea. That's why I didn't become a government official. <laughs> yeah. I, is there any way to solve it? Is there any way to solve it without government? Is there any way we can do something about it? No, maybe the, not. The, the only power we have in this is through our governments. Yeah. And they are I being I guess a silent, way they, so. they could do it is, is negotiating. So, you know, you get rid of this camp and then you get more money for that and then go like that. But that's going to take ages. And I don't know if any countries are, sadly, are willing to give up money like that. No. And I think China has put itself in a position where it's a generator of wealth. Mm-hmm. It produces a lot. We rely on them. Yeah. So it's not like we can even threaten them. We could threaten them with cutting mm-hmm. off, you know, we could we could try to organize a nice big boycott of all Chinese goods. But at this point, we'd find that near impossible because a lot of us don't realize that the many of the things that we use yeah. on a day-to-day basis. Have been even made just in looking China. at England, like what they're talking about, deal, no deal right now. Mm-hmm. If there is no deal mm-hmm. without a um, transition solution... We as Holland are gonna be in trouble because of medication, because of flights, because of fishing, food, fish, you know. And yeah. then medication being the one that really concerns me. Like, what if not that I use so much medication, but what if my grandma can't use her medication because Boris Johnson can't make a decision? Sure. Do you know what I mean? And that's just one country that is. I mean, the UK is pretty wealthy and stuff, but they're not that wealthy they're in comparison China. to China. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not not by a long stretch no. and certainly not as powerful militarily mm-hmm. and in terms of diplomatic influence. Yeah. Um, let's move on to Brexit yeah. because as a, as a key example of how the UK's diplomatic influence has fallen off a cliff. What do you think, Archer? Deal or no deal? <laughs> Two years ago, I wrote, a, I wrote a, a, an essay about this and I, and, and I, and I already mentioned it before, before we taped this episode, but uh, then I thought it would be over in like, a couple of weeks and we're two two years later and we still don't have anything uh, <laughs> but but like i know we're we're in, in like five days they need there need to be a decision and i think it's going to be a no deal because uh how are they going to do something which they took like almost four years now three years now, yeah. four years now and in five days you're going to be like there's going to be a deal well yeah. it's tough for boris johnson because either it's deal helping england and the eu or it's no deal helping his party because i i wonder what happens if he makes a deal that mm. england is pretty upset about or his party is pretty upset about concerning the water and stuff i wonder what happens to his relationship to his own party mm-hmm. i don't know i don't know i mean boris johnson in terms of the last election he won a huge majority yeah. mm-hmm. so he's pretty well established as the leader the leader who have brought the tories the most power they've had in parliament for a yeah. long time so he has that going for him at the same time he has also been vastly exposed as being useless by brexit <laughs> and also and readers uh, readers listeners you will have noticed that there is one big event this year that we haven't mentioned and we're not going to mention because if we do you hear this coronavirus <laughs> we're 45 minutes in 45 minutes in and we're finally mentioning this yeah and uh that means you've said the dirty word the dirty c I word i think you were just gonna say it i which is why i haven't because i don't want cardi b shouting at me on air corona okay. no that's close enough Coronavirus. 
<laughs> right, that's one mark against your name, Arthur. No more of that, please. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Boris Johnson had a horrible time. Yeah. He's He has not done a good job with Brexit no. and he certainly hasn't done a job with... The listeners are already done with this. And it's no, very you look like you're enjoying this audio. I'm loving it. And <laughs> it's very difficult to know what his motive is. There mm-hmm. are a group of people in the UK who say, and given the fact that we've had four years to negotiate something and still haven't, mm-hmm. that lends a lot of, of support to this argument. But there are a group of people who say that Boris Johnson has never wanted a deal. That Brexit, when it was first promised, was this fantastical clean break with the eu the uk going out into the world on its own and regaining independent power and influence and to do that you need no deal but that was already a fantasy right right i mean come on i was 16 at the time and i already knew like this is not going to be you were 16 when did this happen 20, 2016. Holy, I didn't know that. I know, it's I'm been young. a long journey. N- Niall, oh is, Niall is 72, uh, you're 20 and I'm... I'm 21, excuse I'm me. I was 26 21 when and it all a half. kicked up. I was 26 when it all kicked off, but it's really aged me. Damn. Oh. Um, should we... Yeah, um, uh, I mean, I know this is the, all the other subjects we can talk a lot about, but this is just because it's so fresh and it's also... Uh, it's not fresh, but it's also very fresh because uh, it's changing all the time. And and I don't know a lot about the things that are happening right now w- w- with Brexit uh, because I'm also really tired of it. Me um, too, man. I mean, the other the other subjects uh, like Black Lives Matter uh, and Uyghurs are uh, are t- taking, of course, very uh, a long time now. In in this year, they, they took a long a, a, a lot of time of this year. Uh, yeah, I, I touched something. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I thought the, the Chinese. No, were no, the Chinese are not coming. <laughs> They're big drums. Uh, but this thing, it's just like it's something else. It's we just want it to get over with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and yet at the same time. But I'd I had would fish still... yesterday, and I thought about it. I was like, I don't want to miss out on this fish. No, you don't want to miss out on that fish. But more to the point, uh, I, I'm a vegetarian, so I don't, I don't eat fish. Luckily, so. You know what? Maybe you Facts should be that. negotiating. Yeah. You could bring a fresh perspective. Very good. <laughs> um, but please don't get, steal away my fish. Okay. Yeah, don't take all your fish. Okay, look. Do you know what? I'm going to... Yeah. I'm just going to suggest that we move on from this because I, we... You just said you but, wanted to get wait, it over. Wait, 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 wait. Niall, Niall one, one thing. You're, you're from there. Yes. Don't you have an opinion? I do have an opinion. I do have Sherry an opinion. Lewis. But... Whoa. Okay. What is my opinion? Sorry. In two I, words. In two words. <laughs> my opinion, not mentioning coronavirus because otherwise Cardi B is come. <laughs> coronavirus. Thank you, Cardi. Uh, my opinion in two words is fuck this. And wow. that's how I feel about it largely yeah. at this point. Very nuanced. Very Thank complex. you very much. Complex. I mean, you didn't leave much room for nuance in two that's words. True. But my my feeling on this is that in the middle of... Coronavirus. When the UK economy is already suffering hugely, Mm -hmm. there is widespread hardship because people aren't able to work, make money and live, essentially. Mm -hmm. People Mm -hmm. are going, literally, children going hungry in the UK. The idea that we might now leave the world's biggest free trading zone without a deal is insane. It's insane. And it's, it's negligent. It's criminally negligent to millions of people 
who are going to suffer next year because we can't import the goods from Europe that we need to import mm -hmm. and that we can't continue to sustain businesses who need to make money from the exports to Europe. Who are already the, losing who money. Who are already losing money. The idea that any head of state would take his country into this and still think that it's in the country's better interest has to be insane and un is unfit for office. Mm -hmm. That's my opinion on it. All right. I, I'm being optimistic and interrupting Arthur, but I do think we're going to get a transition deal for sure. And I, then I, just I another debate so. and another debate and so. another debate. I can't see how it's in anyone's interest at this point to, to go yeah. with a no deal. Otherwise, you'll call out Boris, right? Personally. You, call a, you go to his home and... This year, uh, I have an album I don't like, uh, Dua Lipa. But uh, Arthur, we Dua were going to talk about positive things I now. know, but I, I don't like it because I share a Spotify account with my family and uh, I listen to very good music, Gero Joling, Andre Haas, very good music. I uh, don't think you should ever compare those <laughs> two, but that's just my opinion. I have no idea Dutch, what you're talking about. It's very bad Dutch music. Okay. Andre Haas is that really was a good. Joke. Uh, he's good, but... He's still very Dutch. Okay, but... And, and my whole family is listening to Dua Lipa, so all the time when I I listen to Gira Joling, they interrupt me and it's going to be Dua Lipa again. But what's your favorite music, album, Niall? Yes, thank you, Arthur. Um, I, I feel like having just spoken about three of the biggest things to happen in the world <laughs> in the last year, we should probably just say a word to round it off because this being a journalism <laughs> podcast and everything, the point in that is that the Uyghurs... Brexit, Black Lives Matter have completely changed how we think of the world in many ways. Mm -hmm. And they're going to live into 2021, yeah. although much of us would like to wake up on the 1st of January and Get start with a clean slate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We need to still be thinking about this stuff. And that's why we covered them. But... It's not the only thing that's happened in 2020. Thank and God. Arthur... This is a smoother transition, I uh, I agree. Let's let's now look back at some of the things that brought us a little bit of joy in dark times, whether it was from the world of music, from Our the Dua world Lipa. of sport, from film. Dua Lipa. Yeah. And we'll start with Dua Lipa. So, Arthur, you're not a fan. Uh, um, I listened to one song and I'm not even... Not a, not a, not a okay, word. that is not a nuanced opinion, Arthur. I know. Spoken like a true journalist. <laughs> I, I'm a journalist, but not on the topic of music. Okay. okay. Audrey, have you had a favorite album from 2020? For sure. I was waiting for this moment the whole podcast. So I wrote uh, a review about this for a course I'm doing, and I got an 8.5. So I'd like to say my opinion is correct. That's just what I wanted to... Either that with. or it was just very well argued. No, no, no. It's just correct. Okay. Objectively correct. <laughs> What's the name of the album? Made in Lagos. And it's by Whiskit. And Whiskit is usually the one that's in the club playing the bangers. Well, in the club in 1955 when we could still go out. <laughs> and um, and now he's sitting at home. Now he he grew up randomly. I think Corona hit him. Oh, I wasn't allowed to say that. Corona! Oh. Audrey. Sorry. Goodness me. 
Either way, it's like Afrobeats, but it's like with trumpets and keys, and it's not the Afrobeats that are just like hit machines, but the Afrobeats that you would play on the beach when you're chilling, that maybe cool. with some weed. Really cool. It's a really, really good album, and it's like it's not about much. It's about love and dancing and the basic topics, Great. but it sounds like musically really, really good. It sounds like life music rather than a good production that i think is what's going on mostly mm. so it's not it's not trying to be slick for no. for the purposes of kind of manufacturing spotify listens which is what it's i expected because if you look at the right. features it's like her it's skepta it's uh damien marley you expect a hit machine album but it's not it's just generally really good music that's mm -hmm. great so in what, my opinion what was its name whisket and what's the name of the album Made in Lagos. There we go. Okay, I'm going to check that out after this. And I saw you wrote something with animals. Yeah. Animals, gorillas. Are you guys? Are you guys gorillas fans? I have no idea what the, what no. is that. Um, is, is it hard rock? I like have gorillas. You, have you heard of Blur? No. Bluff. Oh my god. That's Dutch. Uh, okay, Blur. Blur were a band in the 90s in the UK. Very big. Oh, I'm really bad with bands. Okay, all right. But the bloke from them, Damon Albarn. In two thousands, oh, yeah, he came out. Do you know who that is? I know who it is. Okay, great. Um, Damon Albarn put together an animated band. It was meant to be a bit of a. It, it felt like a gimmick when it first came out. This was, I think, the first CD. I've I heard of them before. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, they brought out an album called. Actually, Gorillas. I don't know what it is. I thought how much we're talking about the president of Hungary. <laughs> I am. I'm talking about or Victor Orban. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he made an album. Come on, Arturo. Sorry. Keep up, mate. Twenty twenty. We're forty five minutes in. Come on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> It's a. I heard it's a really good far right kind of country folk album. Um, I just looked at their Spotify. They're actually cartoon figures. Yeah, so they've really? got the, they've got these like animated characters oh, nice. who front the bands. This is a very long way of saying that they make that you like their incredible album. songs, and they okay, brought but out. What's the genre? Uh, it's a mix. So there's a lot of hip hop influence. Mm -hmm. There's hip hop. Yeah. Okay. I'm they've got. They it. do a lot of collaborations with good rappers. Uh -huh. Oh, Whisket. Uh, That's I not a rapper. I haven't seen Whiskey on there, <laughs> and he's not a rapper, Arturo. Um, yeah, they brought out an album this year called Song Machine Volume One, mm -hmm. okay. and it is mint. Got very such good. guest features as Elton John. Oh, no. that's that is very nice. He features on it. Uh, does a what I think a lot of people didn't, didn't really he like. Also work with Lil Dog or something. Maybe I don't know. Maybe not. I always remember back to Elton John's performance with Eminem mm -hmm. when they did Stand Ooh. Together. That was. Um, so you're looking forward to volume two in 2021. Yeah, very much so. Uh, so that was my favorite album of the year. All right. Fair what enough. about? I don't have an album, by the way. I mean. Well, you just dissed the Lupa, so well, it's, had, it's enough uh, music. Uh, also, you had you had your opportunity to be positive, and you can chose I maybe to be say negative. one? one so can I maybe say one album, please? No, we're going to move on please, to. Please, 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 we're going please, to please, move please, on please. to sports. <laughs> Sorry, I, moved, I muted Audrey by mistake. <laughs> Let me just try and mute Arto. Audrey, can you hear? Right, there we yes. go. Let's, let's carry on. Um, Should we talk about music a bit more? Well, let's move on to big sporting <laughs> events. Sports events, like the Messi beat. <laughs> what have we seen in 2020? We've seen Messi being a little beep. Oh. Oh. Did you guys rehearse this? No, we didn't. <laughs> we that was spontaneous. <laughs> um, Messi, Messi's out of form. He is out of form. But what yeah. do you think about his unhappiness at Barcelona? I think if you don't like it, leave. 
He, he, he tried. No, he to. cannot leave. Yeah, but I think he could. But it was also about money. It was seven hundred million. Uh, was his clausula? Uh, yeah, of clausula, uh, which is a lot of money, and no club was interested in paying it. Not even Manchester City. Uh, so he couldn't leave. But okay, couldn't Barcelona? Couldn't Barcelona? Just because there is a release clause, that doesn't mean Barcelona couldn't release have accepted clause, less money. Yeah, uh, it's messy. Mm-hmm. So no. Yeah, it's very simple, I think. I haven't been following Barcelona this season. Same radio is not getting rid of you for, for a million either. Yeah, no. but they're not they're not keeping me for a million, so That's fair there's no financial... But you say he's out of form, but he game. broke a goal record, though. Uh, yeah, yesterday he broke the Pele's goal record for, for most goals scored uh, in, a, in a club. 607? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it was Two. Gary Lineker, uh, the British oh, sportscaster, on Twitter, pointed out that for another player to do that, they would have to score... 40 plus goals a season mm-hmm. every season mm-hmm. for 15 seasons. Whoa. Messi was Messi is a is a phenomenon. I mean, I don't think we can say anything different about it, but just like this season he hasn't been very good. He it it's the, the team has been built around him. I think he just hasn't been very motivated and that that was you could see that. So wouldn't it have made sense for Barcelona to sell him? Right? Because I've literally watched games where I saw him walking around. Yeah. But if he's uh, not interested there anymore but, uh, and he's no he's yeah. of no value to the team. He's only good when he wants because to play. Because they have people like Griezmann and um Suarez what well, he left, but, but th- they could score. Niall, have you ever checked Barcelona's Instagram page? No. If he doesn't play, you need to scroll down in the comments. Every single comment is is, is commenting like, Where's Messi? Where's Messi? Where's Messi? There were actual protests. Because yeah. he was maybe leaving. Exactly, in the summer. That's crazy. So do you think he's going to go next summer? Yeah. Where will he go? Uh, Juventus, I think. <gasps> Why Juventus? With Ronaldo? Because I think he, wants, be I th- I think he wants that himself. But uh, in, in the end, I, I think maybe he, he leaves to the, to the club who, play, who pays him the most money. So yeah. Yeah. PSG. I, is, have, yeah, isn't it City or PSG? But what yeah, I'm but thinking is he literally doesn't speak a word of English. Does he not? No, he I speaks mean, Spanish, if you Catalonia, get messy, and Argentinian. If you Argentinian, get messy in your team, you would probably hire a uh, interpreter to walk around. I mean, behind Spanish him. is a big language, but I also feel like your last years as a football player, don't you just want to be in? I mean, Argentina is not the place mm-hmm. he wants to be because of the level there. But doesn't he just want to be in Spain or at least Italy? But to which club he should go? To Real Madrid. He, c- he could go, but... He yeah. can't. Atletico? He can't. There if would, he goes to there Atletico... There would be literal death threats if he went so, to a Madrid yeah. team. Yeah, no? but to which team he should go then? Atletico. Valencia. Valencia, a great team. I mean, I think he has to leave the country Yeah. if he's too. going to move. La Liga can't just have him in another team. It's just... No. <laughs> this is this is this That is will make 2021 right crazier than 2020. Yeah, that would be the biggest thing to happen in perhaps mm-hmm. the last 100 years. Well, but I don't see him playing for Juventus. I don't think the reputation is... No. Suitable for no. him. No. And I don't think he would want to share the spotlight with Ronaldo. Right? Um, but he might want to play with Neymar again at PSG. He sh- that I, that I, will I think be happening. That, that he wants to do that. But I know it's just, it's maybe a Freudian slipping of mine that I would like him to play with Ronaldo uh, one, w- it one time. It would be cool. It, it, it so would be cool. cool. Mm-hmm. But honestly, can we m- move to, to a team which is way more important? Come on. Ajax scored 13 goals against. Uh, a very big team. It, the, the team played in Champions League. Fefe Fenlo. This is a lighter, <laughs> really small team. Yeah. They're also in another country. It's called Limburg. It's n- it's, n- it's not another country. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Please don't get mad. They're, they're from, from Fenlo. Here. Fenlo is like my second second home. 
Is I'm, it? Yeah, I'm just, my grandparents are from there. Because they nice. broke a record, and that's cool. And Ajax has been great, but not in the Champions League. But I'm just confused. Who put Marcus Rashford in her document? Oh, I put Marcus Rashford in the document. Why? What did he do? Look, so this is... I appreciate that this is me being a Brit and him being a Brit. Yeah. And so I'm bringing a Brit's point of view. Mm-hmm. But he's a Manchester United player, for those who don't know. And you're a United supporter. I'm a United you're, supporter. You're a United supporter? I am. Why don't they put Donny van der Beek in the, in the bus? Let's not get into it. <laughs> okay. But... Marcus Rashford. I uh, do want to get into yeah, it. Yeah, we don't want to get into it. <laughs> what? Why they don't play Danny? Donny, uh, you're an Ajax they fan. Want goals. It seems like they need some goals. I think they brought Donny in to transition away from Pogba, who will be sold in the summer, uh-huh. and he's going to build oh. up to being a first team starter. That's interesting. So, so it's Oli at the wheel. It's Oli at the wheel, and he's got I a think plan. You agree. He's got a plan. Yeah. Um, Marcus Rashford, and guys, you know we've been on the air now for fifty minutes. Yeah. Weren't we told we only had forty? Uh, we're just going. to, I mean. It's Marcus Rashford. It's know? Marcus Rashford. You're right. So we'll, we'll we'll just let's go through Marcus Rashford and yeah. then we'll uh, we'll start to wrap things up. But mm-hmm. Marcus, it's a long story, but I can shorten it. He basically uh, there's been a big problem with coronavirus of school shutting and a lot of kids in the UK who come from poor households rely on schools in order to oh, guarantee yes. one at least one good meal a day. Yeah, I read about this. And Marcus Rashford's. Uh, he doesn't have an outrage that other people don't also have, but he has a level of authenticity, having also relied on free school meals as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also got, he's also very humble and, and articulate and handsome. I'd like to add that. Oh, uh, you can. I'll <laughs> confirm it. And he had all of these things together just made him an incredibly, he made him the right voice at the right time. Mm-hmm. And he seems to have really lit a fire in the UK and it's too early to tell yet but he's one of the people of the year for Britain I think because he may have actually helped change things permanently for the better really um we'll I see why it was such a big, big it was impact. it was pretty huge I okay. mean he twice forced the government who were refusing to fund to extend free meals for poor kids into mm-hmm. school holidays he twice forced them to do a big policy u-turn and stump up a load of cash that's amazing for this cause so he's you know he's not just a voice he's really had a real world effect and and that's why I put him in and the that's document. why I put him in the duda but, but guys we're nearly at the end. We didn't even mention who died this year. I know. We Let's just a big shout out to Maradona, Sean Connery, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Frank, Ra- Frank Kramer. That guy. Nobody knows him. Probably <laughs> all having a party in heaven together. Kobe Bryant. Kobe, Kobe Bryant. Bryan. Really nice. All right. Should we all list a few things we're looking forward to in yeah. 2021? Yes. Yes. Tell me. The Euros. Oh, yeah. In the topic of football. That would be good. I feel like everything's been delayed. It's like, uh, no, I don't have a good analogy for this, but it does feel like when this... Damn it. (sighs) Coronavirus! (laughs) When that thing is finally gone, we can all all finally open our Christmas presents. It's like when you're in the car driving to something and you're almost there. It's that Mm -hmm. feeling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Euros, we've got the Olympics. Yeah. I, I actually look forward to being vaccinated. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. And uh, I know a lot of people don't, but I do. I want to be uh, just, I would like to go to my grandparents again and go to festivals again. So Yeah, man. Clubbing. That's really nice. I think we're all looking forward to that. I want yeah. my normal life back. Yeah. Don't cry. I and for don't. the anti-vaxxers to see us all having a really nice time with our grandparents at festivals, yes. hopefully that will yeah, finally teach them a lesson. My grandma will definitely go to Bittersuit with me. But only if you've been vaccinated. That's true. Yeah. All right. 
uh, I think we're here, right? I think we're we're at the end of 2020. We're at the end of 2020. Uh, My God, what a year. What a year. Shall we uh, wish everyone a Merry Christmas? If This is coming on the second day of Christmas, right? So... Yes, Christmas Day. Merry Christmas, everyone, Merry if you're listening to this and today. And Boxing Day, if you're doing that. And Boxing Day. Yeah, and if it's the New day Year's. after, Merry the 27th of December. And I hope you don't have a hangover. Oh, I hope you do, because that sounds that's that, would, also that true. would show me that you had a nice time. Uh, uh, that's true. You can have a hangover this year. Yeah. and Just for once. We should also thank everyone for listening to us in 2020. Yes. We hope it's been a big year, mm-hmm. and it's been a trying year in many ways, and we hope we haven't bummed you out too much with all of our news. But we will be back in 2021 2021. and we're looking forward to seeing you then as well with more news more discussion more debate and now a final word from arturo (laughs) happy new year thank you arturo